Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kinville, and I got to tell you guys something. We have got huge, huge news. We are proud to announce that the Hockey Royalty Podcast is now part of the Hockey Podcast Network. That's right. We are the big time now. We are in a network, guys. Uh, If you have a chance, check out all the shows. I mean, they got a ton of shows. I can't even begin to go through all of them right now. But they're all over the place. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They got shows on YouTube. It's a fantastic network. And if you love hockey, you're going to love the Hockey Podcast Network. Check them out. All right, guys. We have got some stuff to talk about. But before we do that, I am going to bring in our co-host because, once again, we've got all three of us back together. The band is back together. Coming to us from what looks like a cubbyhole (laughs) during his work (laughs) break. He is the leader of HockeyRoyalty.com. He is the guy that makes the hockey world go round for us. He is the one, the only, Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, Scott. Love the intros as always. How are you doing today? It's it's a highlight of my day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, of course, the third member of our little power trio we got going on here. He is the emperor of analytics here at HockeyRoyalty.com. He is the king of Corsi. He is the count of PDO. He is everything analytical in our world. He's the one, the only, Mr. Russell Morgan. What's going on, pal? What's up, guys? Good to have the triumvirate back again. Uh, I'm excited for our new venture with the Hockey Podcast Network. It's uh, exciting times with the Hockey Royalty. It is. It is. It's, yeah. it's, you know, we, we were just, we're expanding our horizons. We're spreading our wings, if you will. So hockey, anyway, I just, hockey I just, royalty. I just envision- hockey royalty on the hockey podcast network. Let's see if one of our listeners can say that ten times fast. <laughs> I can't say that <laughs> three times fast. So, 
I just envisioned that Paul Rudd gif where he's like, look at us. Who would have thought? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a certain aura around us now. Uh, so, anyways, we got a couple games to break down, guys. Our uh, our L.A. Kings, they're rolling. They they look like a, they're they're just a complete team right now. Uh, let's see. The other night they played the Vegas Golden Knights uh, Friday night, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, beating them four to three in overtime. Uh, and then the following night they defeated the Arizona Coyotes in uh, their soon to not be home of Glendale, Arizona. But first, <laughs> let's talk about the Vegas game, Russ. I know you watched it, and I know you got a complete breakdown for us. So go ahead, buddy. What would you see? Yeah, I think exactly what we talked about in our last podcast, that the Kings just were kind of getting their legs back underneath them after the long break in the in the last game. Um, and then once they came up to, to Vegas, we were kind of expecting, okay, well, now that you got that first game underneath you, let's see how the team is able to do. And – I mean, unfortunately, it was it was a bad start for L.A. with them giving up a power play goal to Pacioretty. Then Riley Smith goal, scored a goal, and you were kind of thinking, like, oh, no, here we go again. Like, it, when are they going to get their, their legs back underneath? And, but, um, like, I think 28 seconds after the, the Smith goal, Andreas Athanasiu came up with a big goal in the breakaway. Um, that was something that was talked about from the third line. Uh, Tom, Tom McClellan was expecting more out of that line and they showed some production that so that was good to see and then Kempe came back with a howitzer of a wrister on the power play so and, and that's just good to see the power play coming through and coming through a lot more and hopefully expecting that more going forward um but I think it was, it was really an exciting game to watch just a lot of back and forth hockey the Kings played really well during five on five play and I think once they kind of came back and tied the game um I thought it, it was really their game to win and Fortunately, they were able to come through in overtime um, with Kempe's tally, and it was just an incredible play, really awesome passing play between Kopitar, Jersey, and, and Kempe, and mm-hmm. then Kempe giving the good old shush to the crowd was just <laughs> oh, the cherry awesome. on top of the cake. So it, it was a really exciting game to watch from just a hockey fan standpoint, and it was good to see the Kings come out on top with the two points. Oh, yeah, it was, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, I think it's a, it's safe to say that Philip Deneau was a good signing. Very good indeed. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know there was some uh, some discussion in the offseason when that signing was made. It's like, oh, $6 million, that's too much in six years. No, you know what? That, that plan came together very nicely, actually. Um, you know, I mean, I don't want to say I was skeptical about it in the offseason because Philip Deneau is a great player. Uh, I just didn't think he was going to have this kind of scoring touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, back to the Vegas game just real quick. It was nice to hear Adrian Kempe in the post games acknowledge that the Kings were up to beat uh, the Golden Knights, you know, eventually kind of uh, mm-hmm. been their kryptonite last couple of years. So you got to kind of overcome them to, to be Vegas, I guess the next Vegas. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's like Rick Flair once said, you to be the man, you got to beat the man, right? That's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah. <laughs> <Except> <laughs> I, was, I was just going to, yeah, I was just going to scream. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now we got to get you a title. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's so true, though, right? If, if you're going to be a legit contender, you, you can't just beat up on bottom feeders. you got to beat the teams that are in front of you. And I'm going to tell you that the Kings showed a lot of pluck Friday night by being, you know, they were down. They were down, what, three to two. And it kind of looked like for a while things were just going to go Vegas's way. And then, and that used to be the, you know, the, the sign right there. Oh, 
that's it. The Kings are going to fall apart and we're going to go back home unhappy. But now there's actual legit hope and there's le- this team has a legit chance to beat anybody as long as they're playing their game. But another player I want to talk about is Sean Dursey. You know yeah. what? <laughs> guys, another one. This guy's for real. The, the, he came out of, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere because he was a pretty highly touted prospect when he was with Toronto. He was a second round pick. And then he came over to the Kings and he kind of, you know, he was in Ontario for a while. Didn't really know where he fit in with the organization for a little while. And now he got his chance and the guy has taken it and running with it. And good for him because he brings that dynamic uh, offense to the defense that the Kings really need, especially in the absence of Sean Walker, who's not coming back this season. Um, <laughs> you know what? They didn't have to go out and replace him because they had a replacement waiting right in Ontario. And, and good for him, really. Yeah, Jersey's kind of just – I mean, when you, when we talked about the Kings' prospects coming into the season, Jersey was definitely not one of them that you really expected to make a big jump this season. And the fact that he's made that jump and made such an impact on the team, I mean, he's really kind of – we see all the hugs with the goaltenders he has. You see the camaraderie he brings. He's had a fight with the team. He, it's, it's really a player that you can kind of rally around. And he's become one of the fan favorites um, for the, from a Kings' point of view. So it's, it's just exciting to see that replacement player that we needed from Sean Walker's injury be in the system and thriving right now for, the, for L.A. Yeah, and, no doubt about it. I mean, that, and he's, you're right. He is the tonic that they needed, no doubt. Um, so, you know, you, you had a big win against Vegas overtime on Friday night. Heading to Arizona, who has been struggling, to say the least, the next night, Saturday night, almost had the feelings of a trap game, right? You know, because you're coming off that emotional high. And at first, it did look like that because Arizona jumped on them early. I think they were up 3-1. to one, Yeah, 3-1. to point, one. Maybe, If I'm not mistaken. And guess what? They didn't give up. They came back. They looked great in doing so. Adrian Kempe had a big night. Drew Doughty. Man, was that not vintage Drew Doughty that night? The guy just talks the talk and walks the walk. And you could just tell. You could tell just in his body language and everything he was doing that he wanted that game. And he was willing to take that team and put them on his shoulders. And that's exactly what he did. Yep. And it'll be, I mean, we'll never get the full transcript of what he actually said to his teammates in between the second and third period. (laughs) But I'm sure it was filled with colorful words. Um, But, you know, guys, it's one of those games where it started off like, Oh, this is going to be one of those games that we remember when you look back at the end of the season, like, oh, if only they had won this game. But then Dowdy's power play goal with, like, uh, what, a minute 27 left in the second period kind of turned it around, and he, he had the message to, to Carlin Bates that was on, on TV um, during his uh, intermission uh, interview, and then he obviously went back and said the same thing to his, his teammates, um, like I said, probably a little more colorful. And then the Kings came out on fire in the third period, and they scored three goals and, you know, never really looked back after that. So it, it, it ended up being a game that you can kind of now look back at and hopefully look back at and be like, maybe maybe that was a game that you kind of hang your hat on. Yeah, that's it's, it was definitely a game where that's a game – that good teams win. I mean, you come off such an emotional high of a win the night before beating your, your arch rival golden Knight, the Vegas golden Knights in overtime nonetheless. And so you're riding that emotional high straight into Arizona. They, 
I, I know they ended the game in Vegas. They flew straight over to Arizona that right after the game. And then you play this kind of game where against Arizona, a team that is just the bottom dweller right now, a team that they lost to where they kind of got shut out by, I think they did get shut out by Vel Melka. And then they're facing him again. And it looked like that that was going to happen again. The first couple of shifts, man, he was just on top of it. And so when you're watching the game, I think like you mentioned the Dowdy quote, he had mentioned that, this that win doesn't mean nothing doesn't mean anything if we don't beat uh, the Coyotes and yeah. and that was I think that was perfect because yeah you you beat Vegas but what if you lose to the Coyotes I mean yeah that just looks looks bad as a road trip but now that they were able to come through the power play had two goals the Deneau line is just keeps on rolling and then Kempe with two another multi goal game right after it it, it was just a, a great win and it's a, it's really kind of showing you that the Kings are are becoming a playoff team and they look like a playoff team right now. Well, and they're starting to hold themselves accountable too. You know, Drew used the words like unacceptable or just dumb lapses. And they went out and corrected that in the third period and they just blew the doors off of Arizona. You know, now, now it'd be interesting to see what uh, Wednesday's game looks like. If they can, I guess, repeat that, you know, and not uh, have those lapses against the same Coyotes team. That's a very good point, Ryan, because, you know, all the strides that they made this weekend can be, well, at least half canceled out if they come out Wednesday and lay a clunker, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, there's – listen, it's an 82-game season, right? Bad games will happen. So if it does happen, chicken little, the sky is not falling. But you also need to pick up points in those games too. Scott, so, did you did you mean chicken little? Sorry, go ahead. Hey, you know <laughs> – I like the way you think. <laughs> Speaking of that Arizona game, did you see that, you know, who was, I think it was Brendan Lemieux got under his skin a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's something said, you know, he Chickering and Dowdy were like hugging in the corner and laughing. It's like, do they know something we don't? Oh, <laughs> no. don't I think, I think all King, I think all Kings fans are like watching every little contact and conversation that chicken would have like with any Kings player. Like, Hey, can't wait for you to be on the team later, or look for you as a, as a teammate yeah. in the, going forward in the playoffs. So, but yeah, uh, that was something to watch throughout the game. Yeah, man, uh, where's a good place to get dinner around here? And would you like to join us? <laughs> 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 oh boy, you know, I think we might even be talking about that a little bit later on the show, but not right now because, like I said, great win for the Kings over the Arizona Arizona Coyotes. And Adrian Kempe, once again, he had a big night in Vegas, had another big night against the Coyotes. Uh, two goals, had an assist. Uh, <laughs> 22 goals, I think he's – or 23 goals this season he's got. 10 assists. Um, and guess what? <laughs> he's in a contract here. So <laughs> let's uh, let's mm-hmm. talk about what that contract coming up for him might look like. He's gonna, still going to be a restricted free agent, but he does have arbitration rights. So he's got a little more leverage this time around. What do you guys think? Are we going to do a long-term? Are we going to try to do another bridge deal? What do you guys think? I mean, if if I'm Rob Blake, I'm signing Adrian Kempe as long as you can. That Just the way the salary cap's looking right now, it's not going to go up next season. I think just $1 million. It's probably, it probably might not even go up the next season after that. So, I mean, the Kings are quickly becoming another cap cap. Uh, problem team i mean mm-hmm. so if you if you're looking at the 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 contracts that are coming up Kempe is just one that you need to lock up right now and going forward in the future if if he's going to continue this production of being a 30 plus goal scorer in the nhl um 
you have to pay him like he's going to be that. And in order to pay him that, you have to extend it that contract as long as you can. So I mentioned the other day that I wouldn't sign Kempe for anything shorter than six years. And the reason I say that is because if you're able to sign him for a longer-term deal, you're able to bring that cap hit down. So maybe from like a $5.5 million to maybe a $5 million a year. So you sign him for six years, $30 million for the contract. And then that helps him because let's say you do sign him for four years. Then he becomes a free agent before he hits 30. And let's say he continues his his 30 goal pace for the next four years. The Kings won't be able to afford that contract. He's going to be demanding. Look at what Philip look at what Philip Forsberg is doing right now. He's going to be a UFA, and he's going to be commanding close to eight nine million dollars a year. So we're all expecting Quentin Byfield to be good, Brant Clark to be a good player, and then you have some other good young players who are going to have contracts that are going to be necessary to re-sign in the next three four years. Why not lock up a player like Adrian Kempe long term so that way you have that cap stability um, when the cap does rise up in the next four years? Well, the Kings do have some uh, money coming off the books at the end of the season, too. You got Dustin Brown's contract, which is going to be done. That's $5.8 million. Uh, let's see. Olimata is Ole Mata will be off. <laughs> Alex Hedler mm-hmm. is potentially gone, too. So there's there's money to be played with. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, you kind of danced around it, but I think when they calc it out, they're going to have around $27 million to in, to play with this offseason. Um, for me, I kind of see Kempe getting either a four- or five-year deal at like $5 million, four and a half to $5 million, probably closer to five now. Uh, <clears throat> I do wonder, though, if the Kings will try to get it done around the trade deadline like they did with Iafalo last year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a good point because is that something you really want looming over your heads going into the offseason, especially – if they decide they're going to be players in the uh, off-season free agent market. You know, you don't want to have mm-hmm. that hanging over your head because it, it just creates uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, let's... Yeah, obviously it depends. Uh, well, it would start next year, but, um, you know, who they acquire at the deadline and stuff like that. Does Alex Hedler come back and whatnot? Very true. Very true. And they're still mm-hmm. going to have close to $11 million tied up in goaltending next year too so that's a consideration as well yeah cal's contract starts next year yeah, and quickie's yeah. got one more year left yeah. so yeah I, I almost wonder if Kempe's uh, represented by jp barry he's one of the more well-known agents i think kopitar is one of his clients and he's always been known to um be really um aggressive in arbitration so i almost wonder if Kempe's um camp would want to wait until arbitration unless they get that long that deal that they want so i anticipate this being dragged out a little bit longer i I don't think that they'd want from Kempe's point of view to want to sign a deal right now i think they want to try to get his production see how much they like let's say Kempe does reach the 35 goal plateau who knows what that brings in when they go to arbitration what what they're able to kind of raise that contract up to um and kind of prove his point and prove his worth um, in the arbitration. Yeah. And I think it really boils down to is, is how, how happy Kempe is. Right. I mean, it mm-hmm. was, it was like I follow didn't want to leave that kind of came out afterwards that, you know, he really <clears throat> didn't want to leave LA and he was willing to sign uh, before the off season got there. But Russ, you bring up a good point at, at the end of the day, this is a business and yeah. you know what? If he can, you know, soak a few extra bucks out of the Kings by waiting a little bit, honestly, who wouldn't do the same thing? So there's there's always that consideration as well. Uh, it's going to be quite interesting, though. I, I really wonder what it come the off season, 
with all the forward prospects that they have, are they going to try to go get another sniper? That's the thing. Yeah, I guess, Russ, my only concern with a longer contract is what if he kind of regresses back to, you know, the player he was. The Cal Peterson problem? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the same thing. Yeah, that's kind of the same boat that the Kings are in with Cal Peterson. They paid him expecting him to be that the player that he was in the last year or so. And he really hasn't been that goaltender this season. He's been kind of inconsistent throughout. Um, but he got the $5 million uh, three-year contract, and he was paid like he was. So, if they, yeah, there is that risk, and I, I totally understand that. But I think um, with the – you just you, – you saw the flashes in Kempe's game through the last couple of years. I mean, and, and we saw the – and it was just inconsistencies. But I, I talked about it at the beginning of the year that – with the players now that they have surrounding him, you were expecting him to have a better year, and he's having a better year. Um, so if he can be that left wing that can play alongside um, Andre Kobachar for the next four or five years, I mean, you you got to expect those goals to keep coming off of a stick like that. Well, that's an interesting point, too, because he does seem – and you know what? This is where, where the Kings have been in such a bind for the past few years, trying to find players that can play with Kopitar. Right, and mm-hmm. and now it, it seems like they finally got that problem solved, and especially as you know, and listen, nobody wants to think about it, right? But within a couple of years, Kopi's probably going to be sliding down the lineup a little bit. Let's face it; he's going to be you know, <clears throat> getting towards thirty six, thirty seven years old by the time his deal's over with. So, is he going to be able to remain? Hopefully, he does. That'd be great. But if he does, then you know what? Those guys can slide down the lineup with him a little bit. Uh, but I think that's the kind of the, the the mad genius of what the Kings are doing right now is they've created this environment where you can roll four lines and they're almost interchangeable. I mean, yeah, you know. I was thinking about that the other day, Scott, actually, you know, my concern, and it's still a couple years away, but like Philip Deneau would presumably the, be the one C, right? Or Byfield, depending on his development. Right. I, I guess I would ask, have concerns about the production from either of those two, you know, uh, not being able to replicate what we see from Kopitar right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if, if you just blindly looked like if you looked at Adrian Kempe's stats and didn't think and didn't know it was Adrian Kempe, let's just say I told you like, Hey, what would you pay a 25 year old who's got 23 goals in 47 games and 30 and 10 assists in, in 47 games. So for 33 points in 47 games, I mean, you would expect him to be like, Oh wow, that's good. That's that player is going to command a, a long, a long-term deal and a lot of money. So, I mean, it, I think the thing that'll be interesting to watch too, this off season is what the Kings will do with Dustin Brown, because I mean, with his contract coming off the books, I don't really, I know that there's that. Yeah. He's, he was a captain during the cup runs and everything he's brought to the franchise throughout his time. But there's 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 been a drop off this year, and you don't really, I mean, you want to bring him back for that nostalgia of what he's done for everything for the franchise. But it's almost like you kind of think about you you just want to be. I'm, I'm kind of running around a bit. You want to be like, thanks, Dustin. We appreciate everything you've done for us, but we really don't really have a spot for you right now. That's the that's the thing. It's like right now in that third line, he's just kind of there. I mean, Byfield and Athanasiu had pretty good games the last couple of games, and. 
he was just around. I think he had a point on a power play for like a secondary assist. But right now, it's just there's just nothing really coming from him, and it's just unfortunate. And you want to bring him back. Maybe he comes back on a short term deal, maybe one point five two million dollars for one two years. But right now, I don't. I just don't envision. Yeah, I'll take him in a front office role. <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with the with the game that he's he plays too, that physical hard nose throwing body checks all the time. Mm. Time catches up, you know. And if he does still want to play, I I could see a, another team taking a chance on him simply for the leadership qualities alone. I mean, yeah. let's look at the Kings pass; they've done that before too. Larry Robinson, who'd have ever thought that he was going to lead the Montreal Canadiens? He came to the Kings. I mean, he was eighteen years in the league, I think, at that point. Played two seasons and was productive. You know, he obviously he wasn't the Larry Robinson he was during the seventies and early eighties, but who can be at that point? So yeah, it, it would, in, and for lack of a better term, it would stink to see Brownie go. But with this young crop coming through, so, you know, there's only two spots, unfortunately. And you it's, know, it's such a hard thing well, to talk about because of everything he's done for the franchise. I mean, we kind of come full circle, right? I mean, we said it before at the end of the day, this is a business, exactly. Yeah, and exactly. that's it, and there, that's that's really all there is to it. And you know, unfortunately, that's one of the hard decisions that uh, that Rob Blake and, and Luke Robitaille are going to have to make over the offseason, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, let's hope for the best and uh. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys just have to really just kind of soak in these last 33, 34 games, whatever we have left here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what I would love? love Just see him going a little bit just of a streak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, mean, he's the best. Out out of all the players in the Kings, he's the type of player you want in the playoffs. I mean (laughs) – He's, maybe he lights it up in the playoffs and kind of reignites his, his game and he, he sees that kind of competitive nature, that playoff-type atmosphere. Maybe that kind of brings him out a little bit more and he, he elevates his game a bit. Yeah, or maybe he'll do a Tuka Rask and decide he wants to come back midseason next year. <laughs> then retire two weeks later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. What do you, so, we're we're both calling for long-term contracts with Adrian Kempe, just to clear that up. Yeah, yeah, four to six years, anywhere in there. Mm-hmm. No higher than six million per. Oof, I don't think he's going to command any yeah. higher than six million. I've I've seen people ask me like, "Hey, do you think he's going to get seven or eight? I'm like, Ugh. I mean, yeah, he's a he's on pace to be a thirty-plus goal scorer this season, but no, nah, he's not going to be getting that much. It's only one year. There's players that have done that before. I look at like Anthony Bolivier um, in New York. He's, he got a long-term deal after a pretty good year. So I just don't see it being higher than six. If, and if they can extend it longer than six years, then it could definitely be a lot shorter. So I would expect the range to be five to maybe 5.5. That's not a bad deal. I mean, and don't forget, mm-hmm. and- Andreas Athanasiu was a 30-goal scorer at one point. Exactly. So <laughs> there's a lot to consider. And, guys, I just want to say something for the record. As well, we were just talking about Kel Peterson. I, for one, am not ready to give up on Kel Peterson, and I know he's the spotlight is going to be on him next year because that extension kicks in. Um, it's been a rough go this season, you know. Obviously, we're thankful that Quickie was able to do what he's has been able to do. Uh, I think Kel Peterson is one of those goaltenders that's got to play a lot, and of yeah. course, Quickie last year. Right out like he has been. You, you you ride the high hand. That's, that's That goes without saying. 
But I, I think I really do believe that if Cal Peterson were to be the guy who was playing two out of every three games and he, he got himself into his rhythm and finally kind of snapped out of it. I, I think he'll, I, I really do think he'll be okay. And, and I say that from an optimism point of view, because there's nobody else coming up through the system right now. That's going to knock him out of the box either. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point. I mean, he's had, he started the Edmonton game and that was a game just like, what 13 13 days without he hadn't played since january 30th so and then he comes back in the arizona game he wins but he did look a little shaky yeah i think that's a really good point that he maybe he just needs to be playing more because last season when he was playing a lot more or playing more he was looking pretty good so maybe that'll be something to watch in the, the, towards the end of the this year he made some big saves in that third period though when the kings needed them to finally make a big save mm-hmm yeah, and mm-hmm. you know what? I so, wouldn't surprise. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if he does play more going down the stretch because you got to rest Quickie a little bit. You've got to. Yeah, keep keep Quickie ready for the playoffs. I mean, who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, because right now, who 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 would you start in the playoffs? You'd have to be Jonathan Quick, right? I mean, game one going against whoever. Yeah. Jonathan yeah, Quick no is doubt. presumed to be the starter for the playoffs. No doubt. No doubt about it. Um. You know, unfortunately for Cal, but you know, as it stands right now, yeah. <laughs> oh, no like this I said, time, this time will hopefully come to be a, oh, yeah. a, a perennial playoff starter. That's right. So don't worry, Kings fans. Better days are coming for Cal Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, guys, um, we're now the big time. So we're going to do a commercial break. That's right. A commercial break out of hockey royalty. This is unbelievable, right? Uh, when we do come back from that break, you know, we were talking about Jacob Chickren out there in Arizona. Well, we're bringing in a guest who is going to enlighten us a little bit about the ins and outs and maybe what's going on with that deal. It's going to be Dave Pinota from the fourth period when we come back from break. All right, here's our message from our friends at DraftKings. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsibility gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpq.org. Slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369.
And we're back from commercial break. Guys, that feels good to be able to say that. Back from commercial break, our first ever commercial. We're hitting the big time, boys, I tell you. Anyways, uh, lots of news about a certain defenseman out of the Arizona Coyotes, uh, Mr. Jacob Chikrin, a special interest to Kings fans. And to help us uh, explore what the possibilities of the Kings could do with the Jacob Chikrin trade, uh, we have got uh, a guy who's got his finger on the pulse of the NHL, especially all things coming into the trade deadline. Uh, he is Mr. Dave Panyota from the fourth period. Dave, how are you? I'm good, boys. It's it's yeah, it's starting to pick up a little bit, so getting busier, but, <laughs> but all good. Yeah, it's just like this big uh, boulder coming rolling down a mountain, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, you wrote a, a very interesting article over the weekend on the fourth period about uh, Jacob Chikrin and uh, possible links to the Kings and other teams. So uh, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, things kind of quieted down for a little bit with respect to Chikrin, and, and it only started in the last four or five days or so, at least it seems anyway, that those discussions started to pick up a lot more. And the LA Kings are right there. Um, they really like this player. They, they would obviously love to get their hands on him. There are other teams in the mix, certainly Carolina, Florida, St. Louis, a few others that are you know trying to make something happen. But LA, Anaheim as well, by the way. Uh, but, but Anaheim is definitely part of that mix. And you know, Arizona's kind of expressed some of the prospects that they like. They really like the farm system in L.A. They like a lot of the players that they've got. Gabe Velarde is a guy that they've identified as a piece that they would want in a package. Um, and then you kind of go from there. But those conversations will continue. We're three and a half weeks from the deadline as of today. Uh, you know, things will definitely continue to pick up. And it certainly sounds like the Coyotes are set on moving him now versus waiting until the summer. Um, so that – you know, kind of gives you an idea as to, you know, where their mindset is at. That doesn't mean they're just going to do it if they don't get the right deal, but they're pushing for that right offer, and L.A.'s right in the thick of things. Wow, that's interesting because, I mean, otherwise, I mean, the, people were saying, well, they're probably way to the offseason. So what do you think kind of moved the needle for them? I, I think on both sides. I think it's an understanding. You know, the Coyotes had a conversation with, with Chikrin and his camp about where they're at, and with three more years left on his deal – after this season, that's right around the time they expect to get back into contention or playoff contention mode anyway. Um, are you really going to waste those three years of Jacob Chikrin entering his prime? He's not there yet. He's only 23. He's just entering his prime. Do we want to waste those prime years on him and then he may walk as a free agent and what's the point? Or do we want to max a return now to help us as part of this rebuild process? And that's kind of where things are at. And from Chikrin's perspective, you know, I think it's an understanding as well of where they're at, where the team is at. And look, if we're not going to compete now, I want to enter my prime years chasing a Stanley Cup, and it's not going to happen in Arizona. So, you know what, if you're going to move me, might as well do it. It's not a request, but it's an understanding on both sides that this is the reality of the situation. It's probably best for both sides to move them, probably get a pretty solid return right now. Dave, excuse me. Um you know, a question that we get a lot from Kings fans when we bring up Chikrin is his point totals this year. Two goals, nine assists. Yeah. Obviously a massive drop-off from last year's production. Is it more – I mean, in terms of what you're seeing, is it more are more things going on, or is it primarily he's just trying to do too much on a really bad team, or what do you think? I, I It's just a comedy. Like a lot of guys on that team, you look at them and they're going, yeah, we're having a bad year. Uh, everybody, um, you know, you look at Montreal as well. Half their team um, was having just a horrible season up until the last, you know, three, four games. But um, 
I think the everybody knows the teams that are interested in Chikrin and a few other pieces in Arizona. Travis Boyd's probably getting moved. Uh, Johan Larson's out there as well. Anton Strahlman, if they could figure something out. Phil Kessel, so on and so on. They got a few more pieces that they would move. Um, but everybody understands how rough of a season it's been. And when you've got a guy like Chikrin, who pretty much knows he's going to get traded at some point, it's a combination of, okay, in certain circumstances, they're going to do too much. And in others, I don't need to do enough because what's the point? It's not really going to get me anywhere or get this team over the hump because we're already down 4-1. Um, so teams kind of understand that this is a bit of a write-off season for a lot of the players on Arizona, including Chikrin. And teams just like L.A. understand and know that defensively and offensively, this guy can hit top peak numbers. Um, and they're just, you know, it's a change of scenery, put him in a different environment. If it is L.A., you potentially have him paired with Drew Doughty. Pretty sure he's going to play a lot better and be a little bit more motivated <laughs> to get things going. Oh, no doubt about it. That's, that's a given. Um, Ross, you got something? Yeah, I'm glad that he mentioned uh, the season because, I mean, when I hear a lot of Kings fans talk about, well, look at his point totals and everything like that. I mean, yeah. I, I consider the fact that look at Drew Dow- how Drew Doughty was playing when the Kings were in those tough years, the last few right. years, and now now he's able to elevate his game. And I think Chickren could be in that same same kind of grouping. Uh, you mentioned Velarde, and we've had a lot of questions from Kings fans and, and what kind of package we, we could see. Is there – like a, with Eichel, they, they were looking for four top, like, first-round pick assets. Um, is that something that's kind of along the lines of what Arizona's looking for as well? I, I think the, the overall ask is three to four assets. Um, to what degree, I, I'm not fully sure. I, I'm sure there's at least two equivalents of a first-round pick, maybe three within that, that realm. The other thing to consider here is that Arizona has three first-round picks in this year's draft and five second-round picks. Um, <laughs> That, that's a lot. So they may look, and this may be beneficial to LA and some other teams. If they, if, if, if Arizona is adamant about adding, you know, a first, a, a proven first drafted or first round drafted player, well, you've got Pilardi. Mm-hmm. Uh, a first round pick doesn't necessarily have to be this summer. It could be in 2023, which may be more advantageous for a team like LA that expects by next season to be even that much better than they are right now. And other teams, obviously, that are in the mix too. And then another, very, very good asset as part of it. And that will determine whether or not there's going to be a fourth piece into this mix. I don't see it being conditional. I think the one of the reasons what attracts Arizona to L.A. is the fact that they've got, like I said, a very deep prospect pool. So you don't necessarily have to wait three, four more years for these kids to pan out. After you draft them, you've got a couple guys that are established that are you know, three, two, three, four years from being drafted, and they can start to slot into the roster now and get acclimated with the NHL on a consistent basis and the other players on the team. So they, they like those pieces. You know, Velarde, a little bit older in terms of a prospect. They have some other young kids in the system as well in L.A. that they really like. Um, so I think it's a combination of, you know, three to four assets, depending on on what those are, will determine whether it's three or four. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, with the with 2023, you bring up a great point because there is a kid named Bedard coming through. And yeah. they might be very interested in getting another shot at him. They're keeping uh, an eye on him. Trust me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, quick question, though. I mean, with, with Arizona, obviously they want prospects and they want draft picks. Would they also be taking an NHL player already on the <laughs> roster back in return in a potential trade too? more or less thinking along the lines of like a cap floor kind of situation? 
Yeah, um, they've made it known as well to teams that that if you've got a player on an expiring deal uh, and you've got to create a little cap flexibility, we'll take them. Uh, you got an incentive. you got to make it, it, it attractive to us to do it, but, but we'll do it. Um, so they're going to be that little conduit for a lot of teams that are trying to make moves, not necessarily retaining money because um, they've already got two slots. Every team has a max of three, um, and they're probably going to have to eat half of Phil Kessel's cap hit. Uh, now it's six, six and just over six million bucks. He was due six million this season. Five of it in bonus was already paid, so his actual money is less than a million bucks. Um, but it's the cap hit that's the issue. So, in terms of teams that need to offset deals uh, by moving a guy on an expiring deal, maybe an extra year on his deal, depending on the player and depending on the return. Arizona's open to that. With respect to Chikrin, I mean, it could be an added piece that's that's into it that kind of expands the deal. Um, if it means, you know, L.A. needs a little cap flexibility, they need to move a player that's making a million bucks, they don't want to lose him for nothing, or they feel it might be more um, beneficial to include him in a deal, then they may explore that as well. Yeah, now that, now that the Kings are actually starting to compete, we're getting Kings fans thinking that the Kings should be in on every player that seems to be available come the trade deadline. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah uh-huh. I mean, they've they're, Rob Blake's kind of made it known that he's looking for a left-handed D-man. He's looking possibly for a scorer. They've had, they were yep. tied to the Tyler Foley deal. Um, he obviously went to Calgary, and they've been tied to Ben Sherrod. Are there any other names out there that you could think that, that the Kings might be looking for um, came, come trade deadline if Chickering isn't moved? You know, I, I don't see L.A. being a big player in the rental game. Um, yeah. Unless something kind of falls into their lap and the price drops. You know, they've checked in on Sherrod, like you said. They've checked in on Calvin DeHaan. They've checked in on a few other assets that are out there. Um you know, Montreal, Chicago are two teams as well that are willing to retain money, willing to take on salary. So, you know, wherever those guys end up, probably going to have a chunk of that eaten up by the current team. Um, so they're doing their due diligence. But unless the price drops for those players, I don't really see L.A. being too big into the rental market. Um, they prefer guys with term. That's why they're looking at Chikrin. And, and one of the reasons why he's so attractive is he has three more years left on his deal. They're looking at guys that can put the puck in the net offensively up front to round out their top six and see what's out there. You know, there, there's been so – we mentioned this last week, some speculation with respect to Travis Konechny in Philadelphia. He's a right shot. The Kings only have two right shots among their forward core right now, Dustin Brown and I forgot the – I don't know if it's Cali Ever or some. I can't remember who else. Um, so they ideally would like to bring in a right shot um, – but, I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world if they don't, but that's kind of the ideal scenario for them to round out the top six and then, you know, potentially move more onto the third line with Byfield and Dustin Brown or, or move them to the fourth, keep Athanasiu up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they want someone with term on both ends of the spectrum. If they can't get that right now, Tyler Bertuzzi, another guy that teams had a lot of interest in in Detroit last, uh, last offseason – or, excuse me, last season going towards the deadline – starting to hear him at least being discussed internally by a few teams as a potential target. Um, so those kinds of players that have a little bit of term, Bertuzzi has one year left, Konechny has two more to go. Um, you know, those players in, in that world that have two, three, you know, years left on their deal are, are the preferred approach by Rob Blake and his staff. But again, if, you know, if we see a scenario a number of years back where the Islanders had to trade Thomas Vanek to Montreal for a second round pick and a prospect, if, if that scenario plays out this year, because there's so many guys out there, maybe that's something that that he looks at. But uh, I think they would prefer the long game. 
Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Boy, that really surprised Tyler Bertuzzi because, I mean, Detroit's kind of on the upswing right now. I mean, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but I guess that's one of those deals where if you can get a, a haul back for him, you take it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, they had those conversations last off, uh, excuse me, last trade deadline just as much as they did with, with uh, Anthony Mantha. And they ended up moving Mantha to Washington. They got Jacob Vrana. They got a first and a second round pick. If it's a similar type of deal with Bertuzzi, um, and the price may be a little bit higher. He's over a point a game with Detroit this year, having a career season. Um, I think they would look at that. They obviously love Dylan Larkin as their captain. They like the young players that are out there in Detroit that are starting to really come into their own. Lucas Raymond's having a phenomenal rookie campaign um, and a few other guys there as well. They may ultimately decide if the market doesn't, you know, bear the right return, they may hold on to him and then try to sign him to an extension in the off season. Um, but I think, based on what we're hearing, if a team comes to him with a with a, a respectable offer, Steve Eiserman is going to listen. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, with all that said, it looks like you got a pretty busy weekend coming up yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. I head to Nashville uh, tomorrow. Dennis Bernstein um, is heading there as well for the outdoor game. Um, Actually going to be at the Nashville Predators-Dallas Stars game Thursday night. Pecorino is getting his jersey retired, uh, so I'll be there for that. And then the outdoor game on Saturday. We're actually – we've got you know, our, our show on NHL Network Radio, the hot stove, um, in the morning. And then Dennis and I are actually doing the pregame show for the uh, the stadium series game between the Bolts and the Preds from Nissan Stadium. So we're pretty excited about that. should be fun. Yeah, I love that hot show. show. That's that's awesome. It really is. Thank you. And, and I have to tell you, good luck keeping DB out of trouble. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's gonna be that's gonna be. Pro- He's already made plans. He's been messaging me. My phone was going off earlier. I didn't mute it. Which restaurant are we going to? Which bar are we going to? So yeah, he's he's excited about. it. It's gonna be a good trip. Yeah, what is that? His uh, mimosas he likes, right? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, anything if you can get a nice drink with a little uh, umbrella umbrella inside. It's yeah. right up his alley. Golden. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, last last question, we can let you go. Um, just looking for your thoughts real quick on Nashville's jerseys. Hmm. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if, like, a lot of these different jerseys, are. they just seem like they're like, the first idea came to them, they're like, that's awesome. Let's just roll <laughs> with that. Let's call it a day. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like a little bit more creativity in them. I know it's outdoor game and, and certain things, certain elements of them have to change um, so that you can see from, from higher up because you're in a football stadium versus the NHL rink. But um, eh, just seems lazy to me. I don't know. I think even like Toronto's, Toronto's jersey for the Heritage Classic, I know it's a, it's, it's a toll back to the Toronto arenas right. from you know the early 1900s, but – I I just felt it could have been a little bit more. I just seem like they're taking the easy way out, out on a lot of these outdoor game jerseys. Yeah, a lot of thought went into that tee. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was their old, like, that was their jersey, but then they changed the color. The I don't know. Like, just give me a little bit more. Um, you know, spend three hours instead of, like, one and a half <laughs> or something like that. Put the beer down, do it, then take the case out. Like, I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well dave we appreciate you coming on the show to talk about everything and uh you know have fun out in nashville by all means and uh <laughs> keep up the great work with the fourth period and everything else you're doing and um you know you're welcome back on our show anytime anytime i, I appreciate it guys thanks for having me and hopefully yeah we'll do it again soon 
All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. That was Dave Pinota from the well, the fourth period. Uh, interesting insight. Very interesting. I tell you, that's um, I'm really looking forward to this trade deadline, guys. I got to be honest. With it's you. been a while since we've had, uh, been able to say that, right? It is. Mm-hmm. Lately, it's been offloading. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I I, I kind of forgot what it was like to be buyers. <laughs> <laughs> Although he does bring up a good point. Um, if the Kings are out on checker, and I don't know how much they're really going to go in. Um, yeah, he might just, might just, <clears throat> excuse me, might just wait till the summer then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. I mean, obviously, you, you want them into the playoffs because if for anything, like we were talking before the show, this is going to be just fantastic experience for the younger players on this team to be, you know, part of a, a winning culture again, to be pushing for the playoffs and having that excitement. Rather than wait till next year, guys. Wait till next year, guys. Next year, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, with the way I mean, the Kings are rolling like three pretty solid lines right now, and Quentin Byfield, Andrews Evansu, and Justin Brown are getting their chemistry rolling. I mean, with Alex Edler possibly coming back by the end of the season, that could be a big ticket. Their big ticket free agent or acquisition, I guess, at the day, deadline to replace a player like Oli Mata that Kings fans much maligned. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And, you know, I do want to bring up a quick point about that, too, because, I mean, one of the things we were talking about when when Edler was signed is, you know, they were going to have to manage his minutes throughout the season because, you know, he is 35 plus. Well, the beautiful part is now they don't have to because he's going to be rested. Mm -hmm. So it's it's going to be basically Alex Edler at the beginning of the season. Look how fresh he was. You know, he was playing 20 minutes a night and he was very effective. So you're right, Ross. I mean, that could very well end up being the big ex- ex- acquisition. Uh, hopefully it's Chicken, but <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. We will see. Um, so what are we looking ahead here, guys? Uh, what's the schedule looking like? I think a big game tonight uh, with game uh, tonight. the Coyotes on national TV. So depending on when you listen to this, we'll see how the, how the Kings fare going back into Arizona. But, um, yeah, hopefully they show well. Um, to the national audience and um, show that they're a playoff team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just keep it rolling because we got Anaheim Friday night too. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a, another huge game. Right it there. is. It yeah. really is. I mean, even when, even when they're last place teams, it's still a huge game. And now with playoff implications on the line, mm-hmm. look out. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, listen, guys, I think that's all the time we got, but we want to thank Dave Pinota from the fourth period once again for coming on and, uh, talking about Jacob Chikrin and everything else going on around the NHL. Uh, again, we just thank everybody out there who listens and supports our website, HockeyRoyalty.com. We, uh, we appreciate it every single day, and we hope you're enjoying it. So, for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Go Kings, go! <laughs>